Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Marcus and Melina De La Cruz. We hope that you'll be blessed by today's message. This evening, we are just so grateful, Heavenly Father, for what you're doing on the inside of us. We thank you, Father, that through faith we're going from glory to glory. We're not staying stagnant. We're not staying still. And I thank you, Father, that this evening that there is a pressing into more of what you have. More revelation. Say more revelation. <coughs> more revelation. Say, I flow in more revelation. You know, it's important that you get revelation of God's word. This isn't part of my notes, but just it, it's important that you get a revelation of God's word. What is, what is a revelation? It means it is manna from heaven. It is real to you. In other words, the word that I'm preaching isn't something that you're trying to come to the realization of the truthfulness and the reality of it. You already know the truthfulness. You already know the reality of it. And here's the thing. Uh, sometimes people feel, well, I'm not quite there yet. Well, one thing is you want to do is you want to stop saying, I'm not quite there yet. Because your words will slow you down. Right. Your words have an ability to either either propel you to God's goodness or to slow down your, your progress. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but one thing the Lord told this church, told me specifically in regards to you, is that we as a church were to pick up the pace. That means we're going to pick up our pace in our learning. That means we're going to pick up the pace in our understanding. That means where things were lacking in our lives, we're going to pick up the pace. Yeah. Have you ever watched, watched military uh, movies and you see guys are all jogging together? Yeah. And if a guy falls back, they all slow down and they're yelling at the other guy to get caught up, yeah. right? <clears throat> are they excusing the guy in the back? No. Because what happens to a, a guy or an individual when he slows a group down? Tom, what does you know what happens? Extra PT. Extra PT. <laughs> is, is extra PT fun for that guy or everybody else? No. In fact... The group feels it when someone's lagging and when someone is not keeping up the pace with their faith. But you are not that person. You can say, well, pastor, I just feel, you know, I I feel like I'm just barely a Christian. I I feel like I just barely don't know enough to just keep my head up above water. I'm going to tell you, the very fact that you have put yourself here this evening on a Wednesday night in position to receive already will help propel you into what God wants for you. You know, we got Dr. Michael Jacobs coming, right? Yeah. Three-day meeting. Three-day meeting. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah. You know, I'm going to just lay something down. Brother Hagen used to do a month-long meetings every night for a month. He said, why, why every night for a month? Because sometimes it just takes a month to get a... You need every night just to just deal with the crud that's yeah. been getting... That you've had in your heart for years. Yeah. You know what I mean? And three days is really nothing, but there's revelation, there's a flow of the Spirit, there's the mantle of the prophet's office. And if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you'll receive a prophet's reward. I don't know about you, but I would get a little concerned if I was like, oh, I don't know if I really know. No, here, here's the thing. You make yourself interested. You make yourself, when Pastor Nancy comes to church, we don't take for granted that she's been here every year. We say, you know what? I'm going to be there. I don't care if it's two to two days. I don't care if I've seen her a dozen times. I'm going to make a concerted effort to be there. Why? Because there are impartations that are going to help. If God is is putting this position in a a position to go to the next level, that means his body is getting ready to go to the next level. 
a basketball player just because, well, he's doing really good. He's a good thinker, but doesn't mean his, and his body's not, his, his body, how many of you know the head and the body go together? That means if I'm going, you're going with me. <laughs> Hopefully you're going with me. Uh-huh. Hopefully we're flowing together yes. because there's things in the spirit that need to take place. Right. There's some things that we're going to be picking back up again pretty soon. The Lord showed me. There's some flows in the spirit that we, we had to, there's like, like Holy Ghost meetings we could have had, yes. but because we needed to slow down a little bit. You know, Brother Hagen, uh, Brother Hagen, uh, uh, Brother Dr. Dufresne, when he uh, first started his church in Marietta, they didn't flow in any of the gifts for seven years. For seven years, no, there was no gifts or, or Holy Ghost meetings for seven years when that church first started. Why? Because everybody had to get grounded. People have to get grounded. We, we want to get into things of faith. We want the, the, uh, the steroid effect of instant muscles, instant glory, instant, instant coffee, you know. We, 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 we want to see ourselves walking on the water with Peter, but there are steps, say steps. There are steps for you and I to walk in God's fullness and we can, and they're calculated steps. They're not steps that are, uh, that are, that are missed. Cause well, I, I thought we were under, uh, under grace, pastor Marcus. This is not about grace. This is about duty, duty to following excellence, duty to staying awake at the wheel. Duty and following what the word was given and doing that word, even when it wasn't, didn't feel timely or felt comfortable. Things that test our character, things that test who we are as people. Because you and I are, because you know, those are some of the first things the Lord showed me when I first got born again. When I first got born again, the Lord just kind of drilled that on me. Man, you got to develop your character, develop your character, develop your character. In, 2000, in 2007, the Lord went, uh, was dealing with me about starting his church. And when we, we moved in over to uh, Menachee High School, Tom joined us there at Menachee High School. Um, Lord told me uh, while we were there at Menachee High School, he told me two things. He said, one, he said, he goes, if this church is going to grow, you're going to have to, you're going to have to grow it here. Then it'll grow out there. In other words, I'm, I'm going to have to grow you on the inside. And then doctor said, well, there's other things you're going to have to go. You know, doctor showed, well, you're going to go through every church tramp in the town. Every, every person who's, 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 uh, who's the troublemaker in every church is going to start coming to your church because, and you, you, you don't, you hear that. You're oh Lord, please give me the grace to not receive that. But you know, there's, there's, there's tests. There's things that will test your character. There are things that that'll show, hey, will I allow these? Uh, will I stand boldly for righteousness when I need to stand boldly for righteousness? And then the second thing the Lord told me during that time when Pastor Melina hadn't even started preaching, he said, Lord, God dealt with me about her preaching. He said, you know, in this end time, in this end time era, God's going to use women. And he goes, I need you, you need to start using her right away. Don't let her sit too long on the sideline, not go getting up there. Well, she didn't preach once when we were at El Reventon. You never preached once at El Reventon, did you? I don't think she ever did. But when we got into Menachee High School, she, I remember her starting to preach. And I remember some people getting, maybe getting their uh, feathers ruffled a little bit. And I'm like, I don't care. God told me to put her there. Yeah. Amen. And every, every step was towards picking up the pace. Every step was obeying God. Every, every, doing what God tells you to do will never harm you. Well, what if I come to church and we have a Holy Ghost breakout? I'm going to tell you something. Don't (laughs) accuse the Holy Spirit of doing something dangerous or hurtful to the person that you brought. All he will do is bring a blessing to that person. Don't let your mind enter into fear. That's 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't know why I said all that, but hey, it's just worth, you know, some things need to be said because we're getting ready to head into more. Amen. Um, tonight, I wanted to talk about, about being earmarked. Faith, it's earmarked by strength. I woke up in the middle of the night last night, about 1.15, went to bed around 9, woke up, I couldn't fall back asleep, not for at least a couple more hours. I laid there in bed for three, I wrote my notes, I'm like, why am I laying, I might as well just get up and get up here and pray. So I just got up and went downstairs and prayed and started writing some of these, and some of these things I wrote down because I didn't, because you know, you, you wake, the Holy Spirit wakes you up and has you write some of the, I'll remember it in the morning, and you like three days later, I forgot, yeah, the Holy Spirit, told, what did he tell me? What? See, but you got to be faithful with what he tells you. You got to be faithful with what he tells you if you want that blessing of what he's trying to get over to you. And what, these are a couple of things that he's uh, shared with me, and, and I'm going to read them briefly because I felt that they were important. Uh, one of the things he shared with me in the middle of the night, and it was the middle of a dream, he says, are you on a journey or are, or are, you, are you on a preoccupation? Are you on a journey or a preoccupation? Someone's like looking at me, what do you mean by that, Pastor? See, when you're on a journey with the Lord, there's preparation. When you're, if you're in a preoccupation, that means you're distracted. You're preoccupied with other things. And far too often, there are too many things that are distracting us. I say there's too many things distracting us from the purpose and the plan of God. Things that take you from prayer, things that take you from being able to raise your hand and praise Him, because we all know that praising God is its highest form of, of, of prayer. I mean, you can't get any higher in prayer than you praise and worship. I'm sorry. You people are trying to do everything else but pray. I praise God. You're just, you're just spinning your wheels. It's going to get, it just makes prayer harder. I'm just being very real with you this, this evening. Cause it's true. You could try to say it any other way, but that's just, that's just, that's just fact. Amen. And how many of you know that when there's a journey involved, they're playing there, there, there involves planning. There involves, there involves preparation. There involves understanding. There, there involves many things when it comes to a journey. Yeah. And, and, if, and if, if your life is to be earmarked by strength, you must live a life that's prepared. Did you hear what I said? There's nothing worse than working with somebody who doesn't show up to work with their tools. I used to install... Um, I used to install uh, people's appliances and you go show up to work and the guy goes, you go like, he, you find out he didn't bring his channel locks. He didn't bring his tools. You're like, I mean, those are, you need those every day. How are you going to function without your tools? You're an accountant. You don't even bring your calculator to work. You, you, you think, you know, coming this, living this life, not prepared is a life that's diluted and it's asking for problems. It's the type of person that misses promotion. It's the type of person that when promotion comes, they miss the opportunity because they weren't prepared. Think of the 10 virgins. Five were wise, five were not unwise. Amen? Amen, come on. So unbelief is an ugly business. We see, through this, we see throughout Jesus' ministry on earth, like you see in Matthew 13, 58, he said he, did, he could not do many mighty works there because of people's unbelief. Right. Yeah. Unbelief hindered Jesus from, from working while he was on the earth. Yeah. 
And let us think for a moment that while he ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit without, the scripture says, without measure, yet he could do no mighty works because of people's unbelief. In other words, he had a wealth of power already to be released, already to just set someone free, already to heal a leper, already just to open someone's eye. And all it took, all it took was the people to say, aren't you the carpenter from Nazareth? Don't we know your father? Don't we know who they are? All that was enough to keep them from receiving. Aren't you Pastor Marcus of Porterville? Well, I know one thing, I'm the one whom the Lord loveth. So that's all that matters to me. So I, I want to encourage you to remove whatever talks back to you in regards to your faith. Because there's something talking to you. Amen? We don't want things to hinder us. How much today will people unbelief still hinder the work of Jesus. How many, how many people are being hindered today? I got to put this on. The voice of the evil one is unbelief. The voice of the evil one is unbelief. And it comes through the form of questioning. It comes through the form of accusation. It comes through the voice of fear, intimidation, lack, lack of knowledge, lack of skill with the word of God. Amen. In the end, it produces timidity. It creates a serious deficiency of courage, lack of boldness to do God's word. I personally believe that the reason why God allows adversity is so that we can develop the use of our authority and courage and be confident in him to stand in the wrong demonic forces. That's why he allows some diversity to happen. Some things that kind of come in your face and like, it's for us for opportunity to use our authority. Hey, Get behind me, Satan. Hey, you, shut your mouth, Satan. Yes, you, 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 the devil comes up and wants to have something. You know, you don't let him talk. You talk. See, that's how man lost the garden. Yes. Amen. How do people lose promises? They let the evil one to, to talk. How do people get depressed? They allow the evil one to talk. How do people lose their minds to voices? They let the evil one talk. They, 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 pay, they pay attention and give conversation too. They take the thought. They take the unbelief. They take, they take the doubt. They take the lack of self-confidence. They, they take the lack of courage to, to do the word of God because they've never done it, so they just feel discouraged like they can't do it. Why? Because the enemy is saying they can't do it. Because you've never done this before. What do you think you're doing? I mean, everybody else is doing it. What makes you think you can do it? It is a lie from the voice of the enemy. And your ability to discern that your ability to discern that voice will either create an atmosphere of great faith or a lack of discernment on your part to be reduced and to be reduced to nothing, to where you are powerless and not, not able to stand against the wiles and the tactics of the enemy. And God doesn't want you to live that way. He does not want you to live defeated. He does not want you to live. The, ear, the earmark of a person of faith is they talk faith. Faith comes out of their mouth. Faith comes out of their mouth. Come on. We are to be earmarked by strength. When Christ arose from the dead with authority in heaven and on earth, he delegated, coronated at us with the authority of earth as the church. 
the believer. It is up to us as believers to do something with the authority God gave us. It is not up to God. It is not up to grandma alone. It's not up to your college education. It's not up to, you know, uh, it, it's, up to, to, it's up to us as believers to act on what we, what, not only what we believe, but to what we know what the scriptures are saying. And we are not, we are not to take these, accusation, these accusational voices that speak against us, right? Because he's accuser of the brethren. I said he's accuser of the brethren. And we've got to get, understand that he's accuser of the brethren. Paul wrote to the Ephesians and he said, neither I give place to the devil. What does this mean to you and I? It means that we should not give in. We should not nor give in and let, 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 let him take any place that he wants. Because the devil cannot dominate us. Do not uh, dominate us in any way unless we allow him to do it. When we, when we resist the devil, when we resist the devil... He flees when we properly resist the devil. I'm not talking about entertaining him, sitting there getting depressed, getting more depressed, allowing yourself. Something that Pastor Nancy said that was just, it just, you know, sometimes you have people, your pastors, they say something, they just stick to you. She said something that really just stuck. She's talking about her mama and um, she had a, a, her family had another side of the family that they were always depressed, always down. And she goes, look at them, just a mess. They always just pay attention to all this hurt and all this pain and all this depression. And look, look at all of them. They're all, they're just a mess. They just need medication. They're always in all these problems. She goes, I don't got time. To, I got five kids. I got no time to be depressed. Huh? I got four kids. I ain't got no time to be depressed. I said, and she wasn't even born again. She just said, I have no time to get depressed. And then Pastor Nancy, when Ty was starting to get depressed, she goes, oh no, I better not get depressed because if I take that on, mom's going to get upset with me. Yeah. <laughs> when she was a kid. Because yeah. uh-huh. her mom says, oh, you're going to handle depression? Oh, oh you, you. because you're listening to the wrong voice. Yeah. Yeah. You're taking in the wrong suggestions. Right. Some things have got to be irksome to you. Like eating raw, eat, like eating liver. I know some people might like liver. Please forgive me. There might be that one exclusion. I like liver, eating fried liver. But there's some things I will not put in my mouth. Liver, depressing words, entertaining. The, you know, sometimes we like these depressing because they feel good. Oh, woes is me. Oh, woes is me. Those things open the door to the enemy. And, if, and left unchecked, they will ravage and do you harm. <clears throat> Romans 12, 2 says this, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and that perfect will of God. Over here in the Amplified, if we read here in the Amplified, It says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God that uh, of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as living sacrifices, holy, devoted, consecrated and well pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Notice spiritual worship is the conclusion of doing all these things. I'm on presenting my body in the right way. 
A holy sacrifice is devoted, consecrated. Devoted to doing the word. Consecrated, making the decision not to be defiled by the world any longer. I'm not talking about you had done things. I'm not, I'm not talking about your past. I'm talking about the new you, the person who's just received Jesus. That new person who's just received Jesus is now consecrated. It's already set apart for the master's use. Praise the Lord. So now we ought to be well-pleasing to God, which is reasonable. I should be well-pleasing. And it's reasonable to be well-pleasing to God. It's irrational. It's irrational. It's rational to think that it's pleasing. It's okay. It's rational. It makes sense. It's intelligent. Excuse me for saying, but don't be stupid. I don't know if that's little kids are, ooh, pastor says stupid. You know, back in the day when you were a kid in Christian church, when we were back in the day in the 90s, stupid was a curse word. You couldn't say stupid. I don't know if it's, but you know, (laughs) intelligent. You can be smart. You can be intelligent. Reasonable, rational, intelligent. Your service and spiritual is a spiritual worship. The Passion says this, and I love the Passion translation. It says, stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Reformation, reforming the way you think, restructuring your old ways of the way you do things. In other words, you're repositioning yourself. How many of you know, have you ever heard, of, do I, what do I have to do to in order to make things work for you? Do I have to do this? You are making everything work so God that can do have his way in your life. Yes. Amen. Amen. I'm spiritually and metaphorically, do I have to move the couch? Do I need to do this? You're making the adjustment for God to move in your life. It's not God having to adjust his life for you. Right. Amen. Praise the Lord. This will empower you. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life. Satisfying, perfect in his eyes. Woo! I love that part. This will empower you. Come on. How many of you could use some more empowerment in your life? Not, Not feeling beat up, not looking beat up, not looking like you were dragged through a knot hole backwards. I mean, come on. You, you could look a lot better in Christ. That's right. Let's open our Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Say amen when you get there. After Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. For God had not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. But notice what he says, do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. Say, do not. Look at your neighbor. Say, do not be anxious. anxious. Well, pastor, you're telling me not to be anxious, but I'm anxious right now because I got a lot on my mind. You know, Brother Hagin had to make up his mind of whether or not he was going to follow God all the way. 
He's laying in the deathbed. He's given, there's no hope, you're going to die. And he turned to Mama and said, Mama, he goes, I want to live. What do I got to do to live? She said to him, what do you got to do? Well, if half the battle is 50% of the battle is just wanting to live. You just got to have the want to. Half the battle for your success is you having the want to. Say half the battle is me getting the want to. And say, and I want to. And I want to. It's very important. It's very important. This is why it's so important for us to respond in strength. For we are, for we are, how shall I put it? For where we are, he has made us strong in our dependence in him. Joshua 1, 9 says, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the, for the, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever you go. What does he say? Be strong. Be of good courage. You know, that's more like, a, I want to say, that's almost like a command. Be strong. You know, Pastor Marcus, Pastor Marcus, I need you to anoint my head so I can be strong, so I will not be afraid. I can't do that for you. The Bible tells you to be strong. You to be strong. You to be of good courage. He didn't tell me to be of good courage for you. He told me, you, he told you to be of good courage. You not to be afraid. He told you not to be fearful. Come on. I'm so glad he, he told me, I told, he's dealt with this that way. He said, he also said that you could do all things. Paul says, you, I, he said, I can do all things through Christ. Guess what you can, you can do all things through Christ. You can get over that fear. You know, I've done a lot of things to violate fear. I've swam in oceans. Oceans. That's a Mexican way of putting it. Oceans. I swam in oceans. I have. I, 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 I what was it? Snor- I went snorkeling. I, I swam with sharks. I, wild sharks. I'm like, they're trying to nip at my, uh, my brother-in-law. I had a knife or one of those little, what, a little, little, I want to say knife, but a little spear. So I went after them and they took off. I chased them. And it was, I guess so I heard that that reverses the psychology of a, of a shark. You go after him, he, he freaks out like, what are you doing? I'm supposed to be going after you. It's usually the other way around. But here's a, here, I'm going to bring this over to the devil. If you go after the devil, more than likely, he's the one that's going to freak out and take off and leave because he he's used to you sitting and putting up with it. Yeah. Got to violate that, that fear. Yeah. I remember being afraid of getting on airplanes. I told Pastor Molina, lots of Mexicans don't fly. <laughs> Honest to God. And guess what? This Mexican has flown a, a, a lot in different places. I never thought I would do that. But I'm here to tell you that God will challenge you in your fear. He will challenge you to deal with your comfort zone. He'll he'll challenge you to believe him for more. He'll challenge you to to walk at a higher way of living, to live at a higher way of living that you're used to living. I'm not talking about collecting debts. I'm living at a higher level, so now I got to afford this lavish life. No, we're not talking about that. You just got to clarify you just got to clarify. You got some folks that well, I'm just I'm just living to the glory, <laughs> right? Yeah. Second Corinthians, Second Chronicles five seventeen says, "Be strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for 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 your work shall be rewarded." Do you hear that? He's going to reward your hand, the work of your hands. Yeah. You know what weakness does to a people? 
You know what weakness does? It makes people, you know, aside from making people weak, it makes, it, it, it can really, if you lack courage, it will make you bitter. And bitter people can be vengeful and can be dangerous. When you get bitter, you can be vengeful and dangerous. Dangerous to other folks because you're hurt, you're weak, you're not strong. You're not, you weren't strong enough to speak up for yourself when you should have been at the right time. In other words, you allow people to, to do evil things. You, 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 let, you, didn't, you, weren't, you, you didn't correct bad behavior in your home with your children because you, you were afraid you were going to hurt their feelings. When really it was just showing weakness, what you're doing is you're showing your leadership to your family. Okay. Weakness can be a very... That's why the Bible always talking about you having courage. Because yeah. weakness is... It could really be... The great example of that is... Um, I would say is Ahab and Je, uh, Jezebel. He wanted land and he sat there and cried and pouted about it. Yeah. A grown... A king! Yeah. Well, that guy's got land and I want it. I can't have it. And Jezebel usurped... Misuse... He was weak in his leadership... He was weak on what he did, and he did things that, in essence, he ended up doing things that violated the word. And finally, it took a prophet of strength to get in his face and said, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. Stealing from a man is wrong. What you did to that man was wrong. Courage and courage and in the face of things that seem difficult Mm -hmm. makes and defines a man or a woman. Esther, going to the king, saying to the king, there's a law that has been designed against my people to destroy my people. And this guy is the one that's out there to do it. Her having that ability to not be afraid and to be meek caused her turnaround for not only herself, but for her nation. So to sit there quietly... And weakness is not a good thing. But to be bold as a lion, to say the devil, get out of my face, to say to the world, I'm not living like you anymore, but I'm living for God, changes the circumstances and the flow of your life. It's not enough to simply loosely believe the scriptures. We must have grounds. Not everyone should should know you simply believe. Rather, they should see your faith in operation. Amen? They should know you're a person of faith. James 2.18 says, Yea, a man may say he has faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith with my works. 2 Corinthians 4.13, We have the same spirit of faith. According as written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. We also believe, therefore we speak. In other words, we're not just talking, but we're doing I'm a doer of the word of God. I speak, I prophesy, I speak under that mountain every right. daily. Right. I encourage myself. I thank you, Father. I do have the courage yeah, yeah, to yeah. say what's right, to do what's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. to be excellent when everyone else is being sloppy. Right. Let's just talk about that for a while. When everybody's just, you know, going to, going to Walmart in their PJs, I don't join in. Why? Because I represent the kingdom. I'm so proud, you know, I, 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 I married well. She's a great example of, of doing things right 
all the time. And, and God will always match you up to a group of people. They're going to challenge you to get to that next place. Get you out of your comfort zone. Get you out of the, well, I'm, you know, this is how we live. This is, this is us. This is our people. This is what we do. No. Our people build the pyramids, and I'm guaranteed they weren't lazy. <laughs> how many Mexicans does it take to screw in a light bulb? I don't know because they're already done. <laughs> we know how to work. We know how to do things. You know, it doesn't matter who or what work group, social group, or economic group you come from. It's always the time to get to the next level. And your thinking, and your living, and the way you respond, and how you live. I don't care if they say be at work at eight. I'm, I'm there 15 or 30 minutes before. In place, ready to work, prepared. Because I know God has set me aside for such a time as this. Amen. He has set you apart for such a time as this. What time was it right now? We've, I've lost talk of time, boy. It's been good. 7.53. <laughs> Thank you, Seth. I'm going to have you hold up your hands when I get close. You can just... Here's the thing as a believer. We want God's best, but in order to step into God's best, we must make ourselves available. To be earmarked, to be, you know, how many of you know Daniel wasn't just earmarked because he was a nice, good boy, and he was quiet, and he just prayed. He was of an excellent spirit. You could see him. He didn't walk around like, hey guys, what's going on? There was a together, a put togetherness of him. When he walked, I'm, I'm sure he was very stately in his appearance, stately in the way he walked, the way he addressed things, the way he sat down and wrote down, things down. He just wasn't writing sloppy all over the place. He took time and effort to show and pin out the things that were necessary to reflect that his God was on his life. He was not sloppy. He, he didn't give excuse to why the details were not taken care of. Our lives, if earmarked by faith, must reflect his goodness. Amen? Did anybody get help tonight? I'm telling you, we're, we're picking up the pace. This is part of the pace of stepping into God's goodness.